Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface. We're going to talk about everything from life to love and pretty much everything in between. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it. Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have some fun too, because Lord knows I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, welcome. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective podcast on iTunes. And if you're an old friend, welcome back. And would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be so grateful. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, go on and slide into my DMs on Instagram. I love hearing from you. It's at The Refined Woman. Now let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to The Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. And thank you, Newsstand Studio here at One Rock Center for hosting me today. And Joe, thank you for producing my podcast and for Kitty running all the logistics to make TRC a reality. Also, thank you to my ever-faithful Patreon community. My Patreon fam supports TRC for $5 a month. And as a thank you, I create weekly exclusive content just for them. So if you want to link arms with me and support TRC, and in doing so, get some VIP weekly content, go to patreon.com slash The Refined Collective. I'm an avid reader. I'm the girl who always has at least three books going at once, from nonfiction to memoirs, and I love getting lost in a good fiction book. I just got a new fiction book that I'm super excited about called Lost and Found Bookshop by Susan Wiggs. This New York Times bestseller, now in paperback, begins like this. After her mother's death, Natalie Harper inherits a charming but financially strapped bookshop in San Francisco and becomes caretaker for her ailing grandfather. Books provide welcome solace for her grief and struggle. This is a novel that book lovers will love. It's the perfect feel-good summer read. I don't know about you, but I just want a feel-good book to read at the pool. People Magazine calls the book a feel-good family saga, a charming tale about the silver linings of unwanted detours. This is perfect for readers of Jennifer Weiner, Emily Henry, Amanda Iyer Ward, or even Jojo Moyes. This is a great pick for book clubs and also really great to enjoy on the beach, at the lake, on vacation, or just in the comfort of your own home with a glass of wine. You can grab Lost and Found Bookshop wherever books are sold or find more at SusanWiggs.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-W-I-G-G-S.com. Now, we've been running strong here on the podcast for three and a half years, and this podcast is seriously one of my favorite things I get to do in my life, and I want to celebrate with you a huge milestone we have just received here at the podcast. This spring, we hit 1 million podcast downloads. Like, what the heck? Over 1 million people have listened to this show from all over the world, and I want to freaking celebrate that with you. So I have spent time with my team combing through the archives of TRC, and for the next few weeks, I'm relaunching our most downloaded episodes of all time. 
you may or may not be surprised that almost all of the highest downloaded episodes have to do with sexuality, spirituality, along with dating, relationships, and personal growth. Now, if you're new to TRC, buckle up because you likely haven't heard a lot of this content. And if you've been here from the beginning, first of all, I love you. And second of all, it never hurts to have a little refresher on some of this content. So welcome to the official TRC Remix series, where as per usual, I'm going there, the hard places, the taboo places, and asking hard questions that may make you squirm in your seat, but I believe we'll all be better for it. I don't even know if you're ready for the amazingness that is this episode. This is everything you were never taught about your period with DNP and RN Kate Escuri. In this episode, we dive into the stigma and shame around periods, the different phases of our cycle, different apps you can use to track your cycles, IUDs, period panties, and lots more. You might want to grab a pen and paper because this episode is jam-packed with the good stuff. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and I am very, very excited about the guest that I have today, Kate Escuri. She is a dear friend, and I believe we are soul sisters. We met, we had an instant love affair friendship, and she is one of the honestly, God honest truth, one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I cannot wait for you to experience her insight with me. So without further ado, welcome, Kate. That is the (laughs) sweetest intro. Thank you so much. And I agree. We totally had like a love connection from the get-go. We totally did. So I think that we should share with people about how we met, how we know each other. Because, you know, a lot of times, Kate, I have people on the podcast where literally I've never met them in my entire life. And it's like this weird, like, awkward, blind date over the phone. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you you go, I go, uh, uh, uh. And so it's always, which they, it's, I feel like it's making me a better person by learning how to communicate with strangers. Um, But it's always really nice to have someone on that I know and that we have like backstory and stuff. So, right. I know. I remember. So I was working for my sister Jenna's podcast, the Gold Digger podcast, which is incredible. If you guys haven't listened to it, I'm doing a little plug for my sister. (laughs) Um, I no longer work for her, but in the, when I was, Cat was a guest we had. So I remember like emailing you or listening mm-hmm. to your file and like prepping your blog post. So I knew you almost like before I knew you. I knew you as a guest. I knew your story. And then you joined Jenna's Mastermind um, when I was still working for her. And mm-hmm. we met, had a glass of wine. Like mm-hmm. it was an instant soul connection. And, and the were, rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> and you were dreaming up this exact podcast while yes. we were talking. So it's just super full circle to be here. And I'm so honored. It's so full circle. I love it. And we met in Waco, Texas, which I remember that was the first, our first mastermind retreat. And I'm from Texas. I'm from Dallas. And we were in Waco because everyone is like super obsessed with, um, oh my gosh, what's the show? <laughs> Chip and Joe. Um, oh Chip God. and Joanna Gaines. Um, oh my gosh, home make extreme home makeover. <laughs> no, that's not right. Ty Pennington. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, I love Ty. <laughs> oh. um, Magnolia. Oh, we're getting there. Um, 
what oh is my gosh. wrong with us? The people listening to this are like, get your ish together. <laughs> this is like the most famous couple in the United States right now. Anyways, home of Chip and Joanna Gaines. And the funny thing about Waco is if you're from Texas, you're like not going to Waco. Mm-hmm. Like Waco is like not a cool place. And so I was like, why in the world are we going to Waco for this mastermind that I'm paying so much money for? And we went and it was like so fun and I loved every second of it. And we, you and I totally hit it off. And one of the things we did that first weekend was write down our goals for the whole year. And my two-year goal, I don't know if you know this, Kate, was to start a podcast Mm. because I felt so overwhelmed. My uh, business partner at the time and I had just parted ways. And so I was reimagining the refined woman And I just felt like in two years, maybe I could start a podcast. Mm -hmm. And then you and I sit down with wine and cheese outside in Waco in January. And you just gave me all your secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets. Um, And within a month, I launched my podcast. So I owe so much to you and your generous spirit. And we just... We just, we just hit it off. And mm-hmm. now you are up to some really, really cool things. I know you're no longer working for Jenna. So before we get into our topic today, which I'm super excited about, we're talking about periods. I would just love for you to share with the internet's world mm-hmm. who you are, what you're up to and why you're doing what you do. Right. Yeah. So my path has kind of been a little bit ping pong ball in the last few years. I've kind of ricocheted between different things, just trying to find my groove and my spot. Um, Mm. So right away when I graduated as a nurse, I was working in the ICU at Mayo Clinic and I'd worked really hard to get there and just felt like I made it. Here I am. And like I'm realizing on a lot of podcasts and a lot of stories I hear, it just didn't feel right. Like I didn't feel like my gifts were being used fully and it totally led to a state of burnout. Like to really truly be making life or death decisions every day um, that you do as an ICU nurse, it wore on me in a way that I never expected. Like I thought I would love the intensity. I'm definitely a go-getter. I love science, but to have lives in your hands every single day. I was at a level of stress that I really had never been at before. And I just knew it wasn't totally right for me. So, um, me and my husband moved across the state. And around that time, I was just like, I don't even know if I want to be a nurse. Um, Mm -hmm. and Jenna was hiring for her podcast. And it was kind of one of those things like you need to hire someone. I kind of need to step back a little bit from nursing. Um, and I knew her mission and, uh, you know, goal for the podcast so well being her sister. So we just kind of stepped into that. And for one year I, um, worked for the gold digger podcast and that's when I met you cat and it was wonderful, but I just knew that break allowed me to see that I do love nursing. I do love health, but maybe just the ICU was not the setting for me. Um, Mm. So just to fast forward, I just completely in that year reflected a lot. What did I want? And kind of asked myself the question, like, what are you doing when you're procrastinating something else? Like, and what I was doing, I heard that that's a way that you should figure out like your calling. Like, what are you doing? You're putting off something else. And like, for me, I was listening to podcasts on the butt guy. Oh, butt guy. (laughs) The gut (laughs) biome. Hello, everyone. (laughs) This is (laughs) Kate. 
um, I was listening to podcasts on like the gut biome and making recipes and just like really invested in integrative health. Um, and I was reflecting back like an undergrad, I did my honors thesis in yoga. Um, I did aromatherapy research when I was at Mayo and all of a sudden it was like, The one constant in my nursing career has been integrative health, um, but I definitely still am very passionate about like Western medicine. And I think kind of traditional medicine today is getting knocked on a little bit and it absolutely Mm -hmm. has room for improvement. Um, But I, I like that I have my feet kind of firmly planted in both worlds, like the Western and the more integrative. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, felt called to make a blog of my own in a space on the internet where, um, I can share how like the modern woman can introduce integrative practices into her everyday. Like, I'm not going to tell you to meditate for four hours a day or go forage for wild mushrooms or just kind of like (laughs) romanticized ideas of integrative health. I just want to give people like tangible hands-on, um, what you can implement today to hopefully have a more healthy and joyful tomorrow. So I've really found my groove in this past year. I'm getting my doctorate in integrative health. I'm still working as a nurse and I'm working to promote um, wellness on a college campus. That's my real job, quote, real job. Um, and then <laughs> I have this blog. So I've really found my groove in the last year here and just trying to carve a little space in the integrative health world for myself where I can, you know, keep my roots in Western med and really based in science and research and really proving the why behind these integrative modalities, but then also being open to like the mystery and the openness and kind of um, naturalness and ease of the integrative health Mm -hmm. world. That's so, what's so interesting to me about what you are sharing, Kate, is what my experience has been is when I hear people going from like Western to Eastern or vice versa, it's kind of like an all or nothing experience. Mm -hmm. And like the phrase that comes to my mind is like, what made you not throw the baby out with the Mm bathwater? So it's not like you're like, screw Western medicine. I'm going all the way over here and like only living off of the labor of the land. Mm -hmm. And you're not doing the opposite as well. Like, what do you think made you take this like middle of the road approach with this? Right. Yeah. That's a great question. I think for me, it's just seeing the miracle of modern medicine up close. Um, Being in the ICU, I mean, people needed those medications. They needed to be intubated. They needed invasive measures. Um, There was no amount of meditating or visualizing or (laughs) essential oils that could get them out of those scenarios. Um, So Mm. it just gave me the respect for modern medicine and what it can do for someone. So like, I always kind of explain it in the way of if I had a heart attack or broke my bone right now or needed stitches, take me to the ER, please. But like with the chronic conditions that our country is plagued by right now, there needs to be a change. It needs to be more holistic. It needs to look at diet and stress and sleep and rest. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where I know um, how important Western med is. I, mm. I see it day to day as a nurse, um, but I do think there is some major flaws in how um, restricted providers are with their time and kind of the put a pill on that mentality. Like that absolutely mm. needs to improve, but I'll never completely knock it because it is so important. It's the reason we're living as long as we are. It's the reason we're not 
um, kind of ravaged by disease and plagues mm-hmm. like we were even a few, like a hundred years ago. So yeah. it has done so much good and exactly don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but our country health system absolutely needs to improve. We need more time with patients. We need a more holistic approach. And I just hope that since I am able to kind of find my spot in the middle, that I can almost be like a translator between the few worlds, Mm -hmm. if you will. Like I can look at integrative health information and find data on it and find protocol and how to implement it. And I think that Mm -hmm. makes it more realistic to introduce to Western meds. So I'm just really... um, I feel very at home in the spot in the middle. Mm, That's so good. And I feel like part of figuring out your niche is figuring out what's not your niche. And I think that's what's so cool about what you shared. You're like, you know, you went from like collegiate athlete to RN to Mayo Clinic to podcast Mm -hmm. editor to now getting your doctorate. And I'm one of six kids and I have four younger sisters and um, one is in college right now, one's a senior in high school. And there's so much pressure for them at like 17, 18 years old to be like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Or even when you graduate college, like what's that first job that I have to nail? And my experience has been really different than yours, Kate, but similar in the sense of like, I went on this like Easter egg hunt mm-hmm. and here I am now at 34 running two businesses in New York City that I never thought I would be doing. And they'll probably continue to adapt over the years. And so I think the biggest way that I've gotten to where I am is by figuring out, oh, like I thought I moved to New York to become the next big editorial photographer Mm -hmm. and to sign with the big agency. But I did that and I was like, oh, this isn't what I'm, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be doing this other thing. Um, So I think there's like um, so much permission to try things out. And, and find that niche and kind of be like, okay, what, let me just trust that process. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I love that about your journey. All right. Let's talk about periods. Yay. Um, (laughs) Yes. Because I've been trying to get you on my podcast for a really long time. um, Just because I adore you. And I, like, I am so, I love every single blog post you've ever put out. It's like, gold. Like, I feel like I should be paying you for every blog post. Um, and, but you put out a recent blog post about the period and I immediately texted you or DM'd you and was like, we're going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm excited to dive into this conversation with you about our periods as women and normalizing this conversation. Um, so before we get started, I thought we could just both kind of talk about our period stories Mm -hmm. and what our experience with our periods have been like, um, what we both learned growing up, like the scripts around, um, the female body and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. So my period story is kind of interesting in the fact that like, I've never felt like that shame or like it's a taboo topic and I don't really know what that stems from, why I was so comfortable with it. Like my mom um, is a nurse, but I don't feel like we talked about it all the time or anything, but something about Mm. getting it, I was like, I just felt very kind of honored and excited about it. And for me, I didn't get it until I was 16. So I had been hearing my friends get it for like six years at the time that I had gotten (laughs) it. So it was one of those things where 
in a lot of ways, I was kind of excited about it and just ready to get it. And I did feel like, okay, like I'm a woman. Like I had that stereotypical kind of like, wow, I'm a new person now. Um, but I did really right away find the beauty in it and kind of respect it. I think just cause I waited for it for so long. Mm. Um, but that said, you know, then you get it and your body is trying to figure out this whole new operating system. And for me, I started bleeding like twice a month. So I was getting my period. It was like every 18 days, if I remember. And just, it was regular, but it was definitely very short and it was heavy. Um, And looking back now, I know that many teenagers do struggle with um, like irregular periods at the beginning because your hormone receptors are so sensitive at that point in time that they can react kind of at the drop of a hat. Um, And it takes a while to normalize your cycle. But Um, at that time I just wanted answers quick. I was a competitive track Mm. athlete. I didn't want to be bleeding twice a month. I was getting anemic. Um, so I tried the Nuvering, um, and you know, I've looked into so many studies because it's like, does this make you gain weight? Does it not? And it's always correlated with slight weight gain. Um, but Mm -hmm. for me, I definitely noticed a shift in weight gain and maybe it was totally water weight or whatever it was. But I just remember I reached a point, you know, I was very conscious of my weight in high school, like unhealthily. So, and I was just like, I Mm -hmm. don't want, I don't want to be heavier. This is so annoying. So I, um, stopped the nuvering. And I remember I lost like seven pounds in like 10 days. And so it was for sure like water weight. But, um, then I went to, um, an IUD, which is a progestin, um, form of birth control. So it was the Mirena IUD. The nuvering is both progesterone and estrogen based. So it's kind of a combination form of hormone contraception. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found the IUD worked a lot better for me. I loved it. Like I genuinely loved my time on the IUD. I was on it for eight years. Um, I liked that I didn't have to take a pill every day. I liked that I didn't have to think about it. Mm. Um, and I liked that on the Marina IUD, you do still ovulate. So that felt a little more natural to me. Um, I was on it for about, uh, eight years. And like, to be totally frank, I was not aware of like being natural at that time, or I didn't even think twice Mm. about being on hormonal contraception. Um, And so then last year I was at my naturopath just kind of doing like a yearly eval and she was like, so what are your periods like? And in that moment, I just realized like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I had them for probably about a year naturally in high school, if that. And then ever since I had been hormonally tweaking and changing it in some way or another. And the timing just felt right. I I didn't want kids, but something about that conversation and not knowing what such a natural part of me is like, like everything else in my life was very natural and, um, you know, Mm. trying to prioritize rest and self care and exercise and nourishing foods. But yet I was still controlling this really natural and beautiful cycle. So, um, I set, I'm an Enneagram seven, so I like to make decisions really quick, but I made myself wait two months and just reflect on it and make sure that I was ready to take out my IUD. Um, cause again, I, I did not want to get pregnant, but I was just ready to kind of get back to that, um, cycle. So, um, I took my IUD out about a year ago and I have loved, loved, loved being on my cycle. Um, it's so like, but when I hear people say that they feel certain ways at time of the month and, 
I was like, oh yeah, okay, sure. But now that I'm like living it, there is Mm. such power in the seasons of your period. Um, And I've just really, I feel like kind of like a recharge in my womanhood being off of it. And all this to Mm. say, like, I feel like there's a bit of a movement right now of like, oh my gosh, you're on, you're on birth control. Like you should be so natural and da, 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 da. And I just want to say like, I completely trust my fellow woman to make the choice that is best for her. Um, I know I loved being on the IUD when I was on it for many reasons. And there is an option that's right for everyone. And I just kind of urge the integrative health community to, um, you know, give women information. I do think there are some definite, definite cons to hormonal contraception, especially for a long duration, but you ultimately have to respect what women are choosing. If they're going natural, if they're on hormonal contraception, whatever it may be, I just want to like make sure women feel empowered to make the choice that is right for them. And um, for me right now, the best choice in my life is to be on my natural cycle. And I've really loved it. That's so, so insightful. And um, when you say, Kate, when you say there's some cons for hormonal contraception, like, can you maybe list off a few? I'm, I just am curious. I don't know what any of them are. Yeah. So, um, when you're on these hormones, they're, they're not bioidentical hormones, meaning they're not the exact same hormones that your body would make. So like an example is your body makes progesterone, but my birth control was progestin. Um, and you don't get all those like luxurious benefits of progesterone. Like progesterone is amazing. Um, so it's kind of like, how do I say it? For years and years, you're not getting the true hormone and it's kind of this prescribed dose. Um, and I think many women don't realize like when you are on hormonal contraception, your bleed is not a period. That's not a true period. That's like a withdrawal bleed. You didn't ovulate with most hormonal contraceptions you do with Mirena. Um, but most of them you're suppressing ovulation and ovulation is what, um, we can get into this later, but it creates the corpus luteum, which is basically a dissolved follicle and that secretes progesterone. So just by suppressing ovulation for so long, you are suppressing, uh, some natural hormones that do have a lot of benefits for your body. Um, the, the tales of hormonal, hormonal contraception are quite long, but just in general, you're just kind of inhibiting a very natural process that has a lot that goes a lot deeper than just your period. Your hormones affect a lot in your body. So I'll just kind of keep it broad with that. But there is definitely some stuff to look into in terms of the long-term effects of hormonal contraception. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. I know that can be like a touchy subject and I like how you um, just are empowering women to like, you know, do research and whatever is best for you. Um, because there's going to be different seasons of our lives where things are a win and then they're not a win. Mm -hmm. Um, so to listen to that, um, all right. So you were talking about, you know, getting on your natural cycle and, um, I, I just, for the first time in my life started tracking my period, like a year and a half, maybe two years ago, because my whole, like my whole period journey is I, I felt like I never had a like a consistent period. And so I started my period like around 14 and I was like super embarrassed about it. So I kind of had like, like if you were like, I'm a woman mm-hmm. and let's celebrate. I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing, which is interesting because at home, my mom 
was very normalizing around uh, conversations about like our bodies, sex, like having periods. Like there's five girls in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to me that I had this like really shameful experience because it definitely, that definitely didn't come from home. Um, like I remember when I started my period, like my mom like put a box of tampons on my bed and I came home from school and I was like so embarrassed. I like, threw them behind my bed mm-hmm. and I like never asked anyone to show me how to use a tampon. So like for a long time, I left the cardboard oh inside God, me, no. like the applicator. And so <gasps> I was like, these hurt really bad. No. Um, so I was just like this, I hated it. And then would wear like, I like, briefly wore pads. And I was like, I feel like I'm wearing a diaper and everyone can hear it when I'm walking down the hall. Oh my gosh. Um, So I like, I more so like kept it to myself. I felt embarrassed about it. And, um, I think because I was, I was five, I've been 5'10 basically since I came out of the womb, (laughs) but I just was like 80 pounds when I was in high school and I was, um, an athlete as well and going the collegiate track to play D1 tennis. And so it, I, I think it was like very irregular sort of because of that. And then I got into college and that first year of college, you know, you were a collegiate athlete. It's like, you, everything about your life is changing. Mm-hmm. I went from, you know, I was a very serious athlete most of my life, but then you go to college and it's just a different realm. Mm-hmm. Like you're working out five, six, seven hours a day and um, eating bad foods in the dining hall. So that first year of college, I didn't have my period once. Mm. And I ended up getting on birth control for like less than a month. And, um, I immediately gained weight and I felt like a crazy person. So I was like, well, that's not going to work. So I pretty much just kind of like accepted, like, I'll just never really know when I'm going to get my period. It'll come when it comes. Mm -hmm. And up until a few years ago, it was like sort of that way. Like I would always be like shocked when, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. that's why my back was hurting or why I felt bloated. And in the last few years, as I've taken a more holistic approach to my life as I, you know, started healing from anxiety and doing yoga and meditation and all those things. I was like, okay, what's my body actually saying about my period? Mm -hmm. So that's when I, I started, I started tracking my period with the app about two years ago. And it was like, oh, oh my gosh, like I do have a regular period. It's not the same as everyone else's, but I do have a regular period And in that time, like, I'm like, oh, I get really, 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 really terrible cramps those that first day. Mm -hmm. And I'm really heavy on the first day and a half. And then it's it like really decreases in bleeding. And so it's been interesting to me to like learn about my own cycle and the different phases. The only reason why I know there are different phases is because my app tells me about it. But I would just love to hear from you as the, you know, the RN and almost doctorate that you are. Like, what are the different phases of our cycle? And if you could just kind of explain what each of them are. Right. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, it does start, we'll just start with uh, menstruation. So we'll call this our day one. This is the first day of heavy bleeding of our period. And just like from a physiology lens, what's happening is you're shedding the uterine lining that was um, like growing and preparing to build for a potential pregnancy. So, um, you know, 
this is where you're maybe feeling a little moody, a little more withdrawn. Um, this is one thing I've heard period cycles described as, which was super helpful when I was really committing this to memory, um, was describing it in seasons. And I recently heard this again from both Claire Baker and Kate Northrup, um, who talk a lot about period health, but describing the menstruation phase as our winter. So this is a very um, time where you just kind of want to stay home, stay inside. Um, You're maybe feeling a little less social during this time, very reflective, inward. I just kind of feel like I'm like in slow motion during this time. Mm -hmm. And I feel the need to get like very logical in a way. I'm, I'm currently on day four of my period right now. And this week, I've just been very into like detail-oriented tasks. I just like Marie Kondoed my whole life, essentially. <laughs> um, I went through like my cabinets and just got rid of things I wasn't using. I looked at our finances. I've looked at my schedule. So this is a great time to just kind of harness, if you will, like kind of get rid of your old period story that like everything about your period is bad. There are definite cons, Mm. but, um, I actually find a lot of beauty in this time, just a time to rest and stay home and, um, you know, sleep a little bit more, rest a little bit more. So this is your winter. Um, and then on about day three or four of your period, you might start feeling a little bit more like yourself, a little more pep in your step. Um, and this is the follicular phase. Um, this is where behind the scenes, um, FSH or follicle stimulating hormone is working and developing on the eventual dominant egg. So this is where your body, um, is producing more estrogen and just trying to get that egg ready for the eventual, um, release and ovulation. So this Mm -hmm. is our spring. You kind of feel, like I said, a little more pep in your step, a little more energy. I love this phase and many, many women (laughs) do. It's, you just feel like vital and vibrant. And after kind of your winter season, it just feels very refreshing to kind of be Mm. stepping back into your skin. Um, You feel social, you want to chat a lot, you feel really creative. So this is a great time for creative projects. And I feel really like clear in my thinking during this time. Athletically, I feel really great here. (laughs) Like if I could plan all my races um, around this time, I think it would be great. I currently, last month, Um, I ran a marathon on my period and I was, like I said, I was low energy. I wanted to stay at Mm -hmm. home. I didn't really have that like drive and focus that I normally did. And classic me, I was like, oh, I should have planned this during my follicular stage. Like, (laughs) um, (laughs) but can you guys, excuse me, change the the marathon date? Cause I need to be in my follicular. Right, right. Like how rude of them to not consider. But (laughs) um, so during this time you just feel like, I don't know. You just feel energetic and attractive and it's just a really vibrant time. I can't really think of another way to describe it besides vibrant. So just start capitalizing on all those things that you were planning during your period and put them into Mm. action. I think that's kind of an important step. Um, And then you will move into ovulation. So this is when your body is releasing the egg. You release, you know, one egg. um, And what's happening is the pituitary gland is um, like making a surge of LH or luteinizing hormone. And that is the signal that the egg should be released. And it's on its lovely journey to meet the sperm. So your egg is going um, and just kind of waiting for about 24 to like 48 hours to 
be fertilized. Um, and one thing to be clear on is like, you can't kind of ovulate, like you either ovulate or you don't, you either release an egg or not. Um, so it's kind of an all or nothing thing at that phase. Your, your hormones may be following suit, but, um, I think an ovulation is kind of a rising trend where people aren't ovulating. So for me, you're going to think I'm like kind of crazy, but I can like feel sometimes the egg release, like the mini cramp and pinch on like one side of my body Mm -hmm. and knowing my cycle and where I'm at in it, it just lines up with my ovulation and it's like, oh my God, I just released an egg. So it's kind of (laughs) crazy. It's super intimate and like cool to just know like, wow, everything that's happening kind of behind the scenes in your body. Over the last five years, I've fallen in love with skincare. My only regret is I wish I would have started focusing on it earlier. Today, I get to talk to you about Swedish skincare company, Forio. Forio exists to reinvent beauty and wellness by offering an ever-expanding range of innovative devices that instill confidence and provide a different kind of power to the one using it, the power of beauty. Now, Forio strives to transform the world by turning daily routines into vibrant rituals. They celebrate the beauty of aging gracefully, and their innovations make the perfect skincare partner for any stage of life. Now, here's where it gets exciting. Forio has bundled their best-selling devices into a luxurious set exclusively for Amazon shoppers, featuring the Luna 3. You can choose the Luna 3 bundle that best suits your needs and skin type, whether you have normal, sensitive, or combination skin. Also included in this Amazon bundle is Forio's UFO Mini and Call It a Night UFO Activated Mask. These three products together are the trifecta and will have your skin glowing and radiant in 90 seconds. Now, this set is valued at $307.99 and retails on Amazon for $249. But for my listeners, you get the coupon code REFINEDC50 and you can get the entire at-home facial set for $199. So head on over to amazon.com and use the coupon code REFINEDC50. My whole life, my mom would say like, oh my gosh, I feel the egg releasing. And we always thought she was so dramatic Mm -hmm. and kind of like before I had period cramps, I thought everyone, like, I thought it was like this big hoax, Mm -hmm. like, like Santa Claus, like all the girls are like, oh, I have cramps. And I'm like, no, you don't. And then now that I have them, I feel like I need to like make personal phone calls to like every single girl that I ever met. But now I can feel like um, a few days ago, I was like, I don't understand. Like, I feel like I shouldn't have a cramp right Mm -hmm. now because I'm not on my period. And it was like only on my right Mm -hmm. side. And I was like, oh, like that might, that, is that my egg? Is that what my mom was talking about all these years? It's so wild. It's so wild what our bodies can do. And like during this time, um, Yeah. It's kind of like follicular phase 2.0, high energy, high sex drive. You feel very like attractive. Um, and those around you on like kind of a caveman level find you very attractive. I read one study Mm. and it was super interesting. You guys are going to think I'm nuts, but it was at a college campus and they had, um, college students, college females wear like kind of absorbent 
cotton under their armpits for a month. So throughout their whole cycle, um, and every day they'd put like a new pad there. So each day had one specific scent, if that makes sense. Um, and then they had college men come in and they had to smell these different samples and they didn't see any pictures of the women or know anything about them. They just had to pick based on scent who they would sleep with. And um, they, there was a significant correlation between when the woman was ovulating and her scent during that time and who they chose to sleep with. So like there are so many crazy intelligent things about our hormones that are happening like behind the scenes that I just think are so interesting. So like if my husband seems particularly fond of me, I'm like, oh, that's my ovulation scent. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're just smelling my, all my sense right now. <laughs> right. So, um, that is kind of like a fun, I don't know. I just think this stage of the cycle is really fun. Um, some mm. things you can expect to see is maybe an increase in cervical mucus and it's kind of that egg white cervical mucus. So clear and stretchy and like similar inconsistency to egg whites. That's why it has its name. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason for that uptick in cervical mucus is because it kind of creates a pathway for the sperm. Um, the vagina is very acidic, actually, and uh, the pH of the cervical mucus create, makes it easier for the sperm to survive. So there's so many intelligent things oh. going on in your body um, at this time to prepare for a potential pregnancy. Um, if the egg is not fertilized in about one day, it will die off um, and it will start, you know, we'll start transitioning into the luteal phase. But mm. I love the ovulation phase. I just feel vital and vibrant and energized and sexy and literally all the best mm-hmm. things. Um, you, yes. you can, you know, this is where I start to notice a bit of hormonal acne emerge, um, kind of swollen breasts and water retention. And, you know, I just want to say again, like ovulation is still important, even if you're not trying to get pregnant because it allows you to make progesterone. And this is kind of the superstar of our final phase. So, um, I think I skipped saying this, but ovulation is our summer. So just kind of bright Mm -hmm. and every living feels easy and all the best Mm -hmm. things. So then we go into our autumn, which is luteal phase. And like I said, this is kind of where progesterone starts stealing the show. So what happens when your um, egg releases is the follicle it was in, kind of like a little sack, like a little um, casing, that turns into the corpus luteum, which secretes a hormone called progesterone. And it's just still wild to me that like within like a week span, this tissue can go to like secreting hormones. Like our body is absolutely crazy, but um, progesterone kind of gets a bad rap and I feel bad because it (laughs) really is important. And yes, it is kind of one of those hormones that make you feel, this is where you want to like stay inside. You're a little more moody, a little more somber maybe, but progesterone has a lot of um, benefits. And I kind of think of it as like the yin to estrogen's yang, but but Mm. it's been shown to like reduce inflammation, build muscles, promote sleep. It's a very calming hormone. Um, And this begins kind of post ovulation until you get your period, this luteal phase. So this is when we're talking about PMS. Um, Mm. And it's like progesterone is great for you in so many ways, but the shift from being so estrogen dominant at parts of your cycle to progesterone dominant causes like an influx of emotions, which is what we see as PMS. 
And so mm-hmm. if the egg is not fertilized, then progesterone will go down because the corpus luteum is degrading gradually because it was not needed for a pregnancy. Um, during this time, you might feel more bloated. Again, this is the autumn phase of the cycle. You're just feeling a little more cozy, a little more inward, a little more reflective. Um, I personally like this phase from an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. I don't get really bad PMS until like the day or two before my period. And I, I hesitate to say it's even really bad. I know some women have terrible PMS. I just get, you know, a headache. I'm a little more snippy. Um, but mm. I do notice that probably the day or two before my period, but I don't feel like it's drawn out or anything. So I just try to harness kind of this cozy state, give myself more permission to rest. Um, physically, you know, I might opt to go for a walk instead of a run, just kind of nurturing mm. myself a little bit more. Um, so at the end of your luteal phase, your corpus luteum, which again is that progesterone secreting, um, tissue is shrinking and then your progesterone drops off. And then this is what stimulates your uterus to contract and shed its lining. And then we are back at day one at the period. And then we have the circle of life. There it be. Yes. The circle of there life. It be. <laughs> I need Let's to see that new movie. Girl, let me tell you, you need to stop what you're doing and go see Lion King because okay, gotta go. <laughs> it's bye. See you later. Um, Lion King is so good. It was so it when it gets summer in New York, it gets to be like a thousand degrees. And what people don't understand is like I still have to walk everywhere because there's like subway and you have to be mm-hmm. outside. And so a couple weeks ago, the weekend Lion King came out, it was like literally a hundred degrees outside and I thought I was going to suffocate to death. So I just like was walking down the street and like walked into the movie theater that I saw and I was like, one ticket to Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) And I just stayed in that theater for hours, like in the cold AC and sobbed. Like it's such a good movie. And I don't know if it's just like, it triggered like nostalgia from being a child, but I, I wonder was, what point in your cycle you were at. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now that I think of it, I was definitely in my luteal phase. Oh my God. I know. I'll like so be funny. tearing up at like an all state commercial and I'm like, yes. it's so great to have insurance. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Oh my gosh. Um, I know I'm feeling really emo when like, will be, you know, just at my apartment, my roommate will come down the stairs and I'm like, I'm so grateful for clean water. Like Absolutely. so many people don't have clean water and I'm just so thankful for it. Thank you God for clean water. And <laughs> I am really thankful for clean water, but I can like get emotional about it sometimes. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's just so many unique phases of our period. Mm. And that's why I think it's just so important to be in tune with. And like, I used to kind of be like, okay, you guys, yeah, track your cycle, you hippies. But now that mm-hmm. I like, <laughs> am doing it, it's like, oh my God. And I'm not someone that there's people that are kind of um, far-fetched with it, like plan your life around your cycle. And I don't mean to say that's far-fetched, but I don't think it's necessarily realistic. Um, like I I need to be at a job every week. So no, I yeah. can't really say like, no, I'm, I'm in my luteal phase. I would, I would just prefer to be home. Um, that's just yeah. not realistic for me. So what I do is I just cycle track um, just to kind of give myself grace. Um, and like, if I am a little more snippy or kind of like, say it's a Friday night and I just really want to be at home and my friends are doing something, it kind of gives me to be like, you know, I'm in my luteal phase right now. This is natural that I'm feeling a little more inward. Um, and it just 
gives me some like understanding to my different emotions. So um, I know some people can kind of treat cycle tracking as like a crutch, like, oh, I'm in my luteal Mm. phase. So I'm automatically going to be annoyed in PMSE, but totally like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde again. Okay. Right. You're just forgot your keys. Right. (laughs) Even though I do really believe in that, but, um, (laughs) but like, I do just find such peace and like grace in knowing my predictable little signs and just knowing what's Mm. coming. So like, um, a few months ago, I had this headache and I was like, what the heck? Did I have too much caffeine? Did I have not enough? Do I need to drink water? Like, you know how you try to like analyze your headaches and Mm. it's like, oh, I'm getting my period in two days. And for me, like the day or two before I get a pretty bad headache and that's kind of my one, like I said, PMS thing, but just knowing that it's coming, knowing what it is. So I'm not chugging water, thinking I'm dehydrated or whatever it may be. Um, I just think it's super powerful to know your normal and just kind of get used to your groove and how you feel at certain times. So, um, yeah, it's just good information. Like I wish I would have been looking ahead when I signed up for my marathon and been like, Oh, I will be on day one during that Mm -hmm. race. So it's just, Mm -hmm. it's interesting just to, when you can have a say in it, um, I definitely consider uh, my period. Like I had a job interview a few months ago and I was like, oh yeah, it's during my follicular phase. Like (laughs) it's it's something that can comfort you and you kind of know what to expect. So I've really loved tracking it. So when you, like, what do you do when you track your cycle? Like, do you use an app? Like what, what's, what's the way you do that? Right. Yeah. So I am a total pen and paper gal. Um, I kind of always have been, I'm trying to get more technology savvy just cause I know mm-hmm. it's better for like data and long-term tracking of my cycle. Um, so what I do is for example, like I'm on day four, so I journal every morning. That's kind of my me time. I have my coffee. Um, and I have like day one, day three, um, written at the top of my journal. And I'll just write a few words, how I was feeling, um, the previous day. So like today's my day four. So I journaled yesterday for day three, how I was feeling during the day. Um, you know, still a little more inward wanted to stay in, but I could feel my hormones kind of pepping up with that follicular phase. And I did feel a little more like myself, um, a little more social, a little less irritable. Um, Mm. and my bleeding was a bit lighter, I felt less tired. So just kind of notes. I don't write much at all. It's like kind of just blank, like statements that only I would understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I know um, of the Ava bracelet. I do not use the bracelet, um, but I do have the app and that's where I can also, that's where I like technology track my cycle. So that's where Mm -hmm. I just put the days I'm bleeding Um, I don't take notes in there, but that's just a way. And it's been really interesting. Like I ricochet between 26 day cycles and 30. So interesting. Yeah. And you know, when I was first getting my period back, I'm like, maybe they're just shorter because I'm coming off and whatever, but it's been like 26, 30, 26, 30, 26, 29, and then 26, 30. So, um, yeah. Mine's between 18 and 20. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting how, different everyone's cycles are. I think the norm, if I, I, I'm pulling this out of my butt, but I think it's 27 to 32. Um, so it's one of those things where I do pay attention to my cycle length and Mm. talk about it with my provider. Cause it, it, it is like in healthcare, we often call it the fifth vital sign. So, Mm. um, just your period health says a lot about your overall health. So I really recommend to everyone to be tracking and, you know, you really should not 
be having these debilitating, awful periods. Like that makes me so sad to think that some women are like knocked out of life for like a week every month. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I am fortunate to say that I have pretty decent periods. They were heavy in high school or whatever it may be, but I'm in a groove where, yeah, you know, I get that headache a few days before I'm a little more testy and irritable, but really, you know, I don't have debilitating cramps. I'm not nauseous. I don't really have insane cravings even. Um, Mm. And I don't know if that's just like a stroke of luck, but, or just a reflection of how well I take care of myself. Mm. But I just urge people that even if you are taking really good care of yourself, like Kat, I know you really care about your health and you have awful periods. Mm. And I just want to kind of empower people to, um, take charge of that and really work with your provider, whether it's a traditional or um, like naturopath. I think naturopath might be a little more comprehensive in a scenario like this. They're a little less likely to prescribe the pill if you really want to get to the root of it. But um, I just want to say to people like your period story does not have to be suffering every month. And it really shouldn't have to be. There's so many ways um, to kind of manage it. And to anyone that's looking to, you know, maybe take a step forward with their period, I really recommend the book, The Period Repair Manual by Laura Brighton. Um, She's a naturopathic doctor. It is one of the most comprehensive health books I've ever read. It's textbook information written in like a novel format. I really respect the information in it. It's 100% grounded in science. There's like 20 pages of references at the back. Um, And what she does is she breaks it up by like, do you experience really heavy cramping or really heavy bleeding or terrible PMS and gives you different causes it could be, things to look into. And then it's it's written as a guide so that you can use the information in the book to feel powerful and empowered in your health. But then she gives a full section on how to talk about the information with your provider. Mm. So she's giving you the tools and the info and then wants you to implement by working with your provider so that they can, you know, knowing your health history can make the best plan for you. So that's something I really recommend to women that maybe just want to know more about their period or they're frustrated with their period and feel like they're doing everything they can and are still suffering. So that's just a random little caveat. Um, okay, Kate, that's super helpful. I, I, I'm going to literally order that book on Amazon today. Um, okay. I had a, two more, two more mm-hmm. questions for you, or maybe three. Um, one, I've always been so curious about this. Are, is there like scientific research and data behind, like, do women, can women really sync up on their periods or is that like a woo-woo so, thing? Um, what is that about? Yeah. So I, I'm almost sad to say that this has been disproven in other ways. Cause I fully believed it. Like in college, really? we're all synced up or like with coworkers. It's one of those things where maybe the data can't capture what we're experiencing in mm. the real world. Cause, and I haven't done extensive research on this by any means, but I remember one study that I was looking at and it was like, cycle syncing doesn't really exist. It's more like you know, like you could be in your luteal phase and I could be in my, you know, tail end of my period. Like there's going to be some overlap and it was kind of chalking Mm. it up to that. But on an intuitive sense, I still kind of think it's real. (laughs) There is some data saying that, um, you know, it's kind of a coincidence and hyped up and maybe we're Mm. coinciding certain parts of our cycles with others or like, I think I'm getting my period soon, you know, Mm. Um, but I wanted to believe that was true. I still kind of do, but 
the data might say otherwise. So I kind of want to dig into that more. Okay. Well, you have your homework because <laughs> I am, st- I'm like very curious about that. Cause I feel like what can happen to me is like, I'll be on my cycle and then I travel and it gets off or I'm like, around another person and they're on their period. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm on my period. I'm like, what's happening? Um, And that's, that's what I always thought too, because so in college, when I was running track, we'd travel the country for different races. And when I travel, I would bleed through. So even on my IUD, my period is pretty heavy. So I would bleed through it. Um, but it was always like coinciding with travel. And I've heard that story a lot. Mm. And in Laura Brighton's book, she talks about that oftentimes, um, when you are traveling, it's a change in time zone. It's a change in circadian rhythm. It's a change in mm. circadian rhythm is huge with your hormones. Um, so like, say you're taking a girl's trip and you all get your period. You're like, Oh my God, we all synced up, but really it could be due to like the uptick in cortisol from traveling and changing your sleep schedule and throwing your circadian oh. rhythm off. But what's it- a circadian rhythm? So your circadian rhythm, the best way I can think to describe is like your caveman sleep and wake cycle. So Mm. caveman woke when it was light, slept when it was dark, a very natural cyclical pattern. Um, So in the summer, they'd stay up later because it was lighter out and they just kind of lived by light. Um, And it's really interesting, actually. There is a study that I talked about in my holistic sleep guide because I was basically forcing everyone in the world to get a sleep mask because (laughs) small amounts of light that filter in throughout the night can totally throw off your circadian rhythm. Mm. And those that live in cities, I think it was a study of like 18,000 people, could have been 13,000. It was one of those numbers um, (laughs) that live in like an urban setting where there's streetlights and cars driving by, um, headlights streaming through their windows. And there was a significant correlation between um, later bedtime. So they went to bed later, they slept Mm. later, they slept shorter amounts, they had less quality sleep, and they um, had significant correlations with daytime sleepiness. And Mm. looking at the P scores for all of those, P scores show how strong evidence is, like how strongly is light in the bedroom correlated with bad sleep. Um, And the lower the number, the better. And I remember for like the daytime sleepiness, the number was like 0.0001. So just like very correlated. It's a super interesting study that I dug into in one of my posts. But um, I do really recommend for your hormone health to be sleeping really well and, um, you know, nurturing that circadian rhythm, keeping it dark in that room, girl. That's fascinating. I feel like you literally just described what it's like to sleep in New York City. One million percent. (laughs) Whenever I I go, I bring my sleep mask. (laughs) Oh, totally. I I wear a sleep mask and earplugs every single night. And Mm -hmm. like all my friends make fun of me. Like I'm the princess and the pea, which I (laughs) kind of am. Um, But I have an apartment with 30 foot ceilings and windows and it's beautiful light because it's facing the sun, but it is like the sun has landed in my apartment, Mm -hmm. in my bedroom from like 5 a.m. year round. So I sleep with eye mask every single night and earplugs just because it's it's loud. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like so interesting to hear about. All right, two more things. Well, this is, all of this is like one thing. So how do you, what do you use for your period? Like, tampons, pads, the diva cup or the menstrual cup or whatever, thinks underwear. Like what are your thoughts on all the things? 
Yeah. So when I, I was like excited, I was like a high schooler, like excited to get my period back fully. Um, when I came off my IUD, cause I would break through bleed, but it really wasn't enough to like warrant a period or anything like that, or excuse me, a tampon. Um, so when I was coming off, I, uh, got, um, organic tampons and I just really urge anyone that's using a tampon to invest in organic. It does matter. Um, just to put some cotton that's like covered in chemicals and pesticides like up there, it just really freaks me out. You have a vaginal microflora mm. that is so delicate and you could potentially risk throwing that off. Um, so I was using organic tampons. They were good. They were great. Really no complaints. Um, but I kept hearing about menstrual cups and I remembered learning about them in nursing school kind of looking around the room and like, does anyone use one of those? Like they were just not (laughs) a thing, even like five years ago, they seemed so weird to me. Um, but eventually I made the switch for more environmental reasons. Uh, tampons create so much waste. They're a single use item. Um, you use them and you throw them and there's really, you know, nothing they can be done, but bring them to a landfill. Mm. So, for me, that was enough to be like, okay, I'm going to look into this diva cup thing. Um, and I found like an organic version that's made of like all natural ingredients. It's made of quartz, I think. Um, and it's called organic cup and holy smokes, you guys, I love it. Like I went into it skeptical. I thought the whole thing was weird and Mm. it contains your blood so well. It feels so secure. You only need to change it like two to three times a day. And by change it, it means just kind of like dump it, rinse it, or wipe it with toilet paper if you're like in a public setting. And I feel so secure in it. I'm never worried about bleeding through. I just like, I can't believe that I lived so long, like not using it. It really, I'm like on a complete rant about it because it's so great. I'm so glad I tried it. So when you're running your marathon, are you wearing your menstrual cup? Um, so I do use it for exercise during, uh, the marathon I did run. I did use tampons just cause, um, I was going to be like, you know, three and a half hours. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that like, I'd never ran that long with it. Um, mm-hmm. so I just did the old standby of tampons, but I, other than that, that's the only time I've ever made the conscious choice to use tampons instead of the organic cup for like a exercise reason. I, I use it all the time. So, um, yeah, I absolutely love it. I have heard that, um, some women find it like their cramping is worse with it. Um, interesting. I, I found it like maybe the first month I felt like maybe my cramps were a little worse, but after that, after the actual cup itself softens a little bit, the plastic or not the the material becomes, has a little more give and soft, Um, I think it's a little less startling for your body to accept. So I noticed like one month where my cramps were a little worse. Um, But other than that, I mean, I like wholeheartedly recommend it and just the, how good it is for the environment instead of of Mm. like buying tampons all the time. And I have like one box of tampons um, that I have a few like in my gym bag or just if I'm caught somewhere without my cup. Um, but I haven't even gone through one box in like the last like eight months. Like I just, I love the cup. I couldn't find Mm. it on my current cycle. And I was like digging around the house. This is when I was in my Marie Kondo phase and I was like, (laughs) I must find it. So, um, yeah, really recommend clearly. I just rambled about it for five minutes. 
Okay. So question. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. (laughs) This might be like an irrational fear, but I am afraid of like sticking it up too far and then it like getting lost in my stomach or something. Oh no, 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 no. Can you like push it up there? Like what if you can't find it? Like what happens? Is that a possibility? I I would say that could easier happen with a tampon Mm. um, because like you can like insert another tampon and push another one up there. Um, There's like toxic shock syndrome to be worried about what you always hear about. I have never had an issue removing my cup. So Mm -hmm. if that offers you any peace of mind, I don't think you will find it like, um, you know, like in your esophagus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I really wholeheartedly love it. I think it's great. Awesome. And then, okay, let's talk about Thinks Underwear because I have a couple of friends that like swear by them. They don't use anything. They literally just walk around in their Thinks period underwear. Like, thoughts. Okay. So I'll be totally real. I'm not there yet. It seems almost diaperish to me to just bleed and then just have it there. Like, I just like having something that like I can remove, Mm -hmm. dispose of like something that's like a tangible action. That said, I have not tried it. Mm -hmm. And the big overarching like goal of this is just to find something that works for you. So some people like thinks, some people like tampons, some people like pads. It's, it's just whatever works for you and what makes you feel most at home and comfortable Mm -hmm. with your period. I say go for it. I think I've found my thing with the cup. Um, If it's thinks underwear for you, if it's tampons for your friend, like whatever it is, just doing what feels right and intuitive to your period, I think is um, huge, not only with the product you choose, but just overall. Um, You know, I went through the seasons and maybe your emotions aren't going to feel like that, Mm. but just like really getting in tune with your cycle and what you need and really communicating your needs. I think that is something that is so like, I don't know, undervalued or I don't know if that's the right word, but I do have an Enneagram type eight wing. So I have no issue saying like, Hey, I really need a day to myself, to my husband or something like that. Like if I'm, I'm just feeling like I need a little time to myself. I'm a little more tired, you know, just kind of saying I need a little extra TLC. Yesterday I was like, I need affirmation. (laughs) I love that. um, Just really being open with what you need at different points in your cycle. Um, and I, I feel like by doing that, you're kind of removing some of that, the taboo that comes mm. with a period because you do feel different at during certain times and you do have different needs. And the more and more we all talk about it, the more and more that the period can stop being this weird hidden thing. Right. <laughs> like, yes, we are women. Yes, we bleed monthly. Yes. Yes, we have different needs at different times. Mm. Um, so I just encourage you guys to your loved ones, whether it be family or friends or your spouse, just being like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. You know, my hormones are kind of running the show right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can just be here with me and, you know, give me affirmation. Yes. Right yes. We have a good deal. That's so, that's so good. And so insightful, Kate. And gosh, I, I feel like we could just keep talking forever about this. Cause I'm, I feel like I've learned more from this one hour conversation than I did my entire middle school, high school, college career from all the health classes combined. So I'm just so grateful for your insight and your commitment to being, like you said, like a translator between like the modern medicine and the more holistic integrative approach. Like I I love the balanced approach that you have. Um, I know that you have incredible 
resources on your blog. And I, I want to link in the show notes to this specific blog post that you talk about for like acupressure um, during PMS. Mm-hmm. But could you just tell people like where, how can they sign up for your newsletter? How can they follow along with you? Where are all your social things? Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I love hanging out on Instagram. I'm kate.eskery over on the gram, but for all the holistic goodness, I would have head on over to the foundationblog.com. Um, so I cover it all. I basically just cover topics that are interesting to me. Um, mm. so like, for example, I want to grow my eyelashes really long, but I don't want to <laughs> buy some like Rodan and Fields, like toxic thing to make that Wait, happen. So, literally all my eyelashes fell off when I used that. Okay. So I researched <laughs> like how to grow your eyelashes naturally. Um, I did four acupressure points for PMS. I'll share like recipes. I have a really delicious like chickpea based cookie dough recipe. Um, I kind of cover it all, but it all comes back to like the base of just living um, like introducing small little integrative habits into your day to just live your like most balanced, like vibrant life. I keep saying the word vibrant, but I think mm, that's kind so of my good. goal to just help like the modern woman just have little moments to herself every day. Mm. So I do cover a wide spread of topics. Um, my email club, I, I made this like, it's kind of odd, but I made like a secret page of my blog that my email club gets access to where I, um, post like special content. I'm just so appreciative of the people that sign up and I want to give them a little extra loving. So, um, if you are in the email club, you just go to the foundationblog.com slash email club and you'll get my holistic sleep guide, which is like 14 evening rituals for just like deeper, dreamier sleep. I talked about Mm -hmm. it a little with the sleep mask, but I would say that is like like gold. I spent so much time on that post and I just think Mm. rest is so transformative to our health. And then I also just did, um, like an all natural grocery shopping guide. And again, I just want to keep it simple. You're not going to find like wild mushrooms on the list or anything. Mm. I just wanted like real whole foods that could help nurture and just simplify the process. So, um, wherever you are at, I would love to talk. If you're on Instagram, the foundation blog, whatever it may be, I'm just super excited to connect um, with all of you. Oh, so good. Well, Kate, thank you so much for your time, for your insight. I cannot wait to get this episode out. I know it's going to really empower so many women as it has me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And go see the Lion King (laughs) and come to New York City so we can be best friends and hang out every day. Oh, it was such a treat. And just going back to like when we were dreaming up this podcast, uh, like a year and a half ago, I'm just so proud of you and so honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Thanks, girl. All right. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye, Kat. Bye. Wow. I freaking love Kata Scurry. I hope you did too. A quick update from when this episode aired, Kate is officially a DNP, aka a doctor of nursing practice. So Congrats to Kate on that. She worked really hard to get her degree. Also, since this episode aired, I started and used to this day an organic menstrual cup, and I absolutely love it. Honestly, the number one reason why, and this isn't an ad, I just really love it. I love it because it feels like it's a tiny and effective way I can cut down unnecessary waste in our world. So if you want to see the cup that I use, I link it in the show notes. Now, stay tuned for next week's TRC Remix episode with sexologist Dr. Celeste Holbrook. We're going to unpack painful sex, 
purity culture, and how to process and heal from toxic and shaming sexual narratives. Bye for now. When you earn your degree online at Arizona State University, you get everything the nation's most innovative university has to offer. The same internationally recognized faculty, the same nationally ranked programs, the same degree. Learn more at asuonline.asu.edu.